Welcome to Tattooed Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get the jobs they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, -on -one, I do have a book available. You can find How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon and, of course, our website. Today, my guest is Terry Karjala who is going to talk to us about all the self-limiting beliefs and other lies that we tell ourselves. Absolutely. So, Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So for those who don't know, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, millennials, and then those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show we explore a topic related to business or job searching, and of course, we're gonna talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaching service. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or you know, you can just Google it. So hi, Terry. How are you today? Fantastic. Fantastic. So I actually met you recently at this uh, organization here in Denver called the Dames, and uh, which is a gathering for women who are leading six-figure and seven-figure businesses. So that's always really cool. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your company and what you do? So, yeah, so I, um, I originally started as a therapist. So I, it's a bit of a long story, um, but I really got on this path um, really early in um, high school, actually. I was a peer counselor in uh, my sophomore year in high school. Um, and I was in charge of the fifth and sixth grade. So I'd pop over there and I would, um, you know, get to know them. And, and at one point um, during my high school years, um, I had a sixth grader come to me and tell me that her fifth grade friend, fifth grader friend was going, had a plan and was going to commit suicide that weekend. Wow. And so we um, intervened and um, got her the treatment that she needed. And I felt like that moment like changed everything for me. And I was just like, okay, this is what I want to do when I grow up, right? And so I then went into the counseling field and um, graduated with a master's degree, um, opened up a large counseling center here in the Denver, Colorado area. Um, it's uh, called Creative Counseling Center. And, you know, we currently have 10 employees and, it's a, you know, we are serving hundreds of families and kids and adults um, every single month. And it's, it's um, been very rewarding and exciting. Um, and I thought that, that was gonna be my end all be all, um, but I realized that that was part of my path and part of my journey. And so now I, that has, because it's writing itself at this point, that has really given me the freedom to um, pursue some other um, passions and interests for me. And I truly feel like my calling um, has been um, this next level, which is um, the new company called Talking with Terry. And so that company now works. So I've taken my 20 years of counseling um, experience. I've combined it with energy psychology and then applied the principles of quantum physics. Now, quantum physics, there's lots of universal laws um, that go under that, that 
that uh, arena, if you will. Um, most of the people, when I talk about this, um, are familiar with one of those laws called law of attraction. So I utilize that law amongst all these other sorts of energy laws of the universe and principles um, that govern energy and utilize those tools to help um, expand people's businesses with a lot more ease. So it's been absolutely fabulous. And I feel like now that I've taken this like little bit of a pivot, um, but now this just really feeds my soul as far as working with women entrepreneurs primarily um, and helping them leverage their business in a, in a, in a different way. And you have a book out there too, right? I do. It's called uh, Be the Magic of You, Tools to Transform Your Life. And so um, with a forward written by Jack Canfield himself. And um, so we launched that a few, almost, I think we're almost going on three years now. And uh, that has lots of different tools in there. And if, if folks are interested in um, hearing more about that book or getting their own copy, you can always go to talkingwithterry.com and look at the products. Um, I have um, our daily intentions planner along with the book as well. All right. So one thing we are hearing a lot more about in kind of kicking around, especially in the coaching arenas, we hear this and we're getting familiar with it, is that whole phrase of self-limiting beliefs. So what are self-limiting beliefs and what are some like classic examples of this? Yeah. So how I define, like, so I, these belief systems, you know, very early on, we in the first three to five years is the most crucial part of our development. We learn very early on um, in those first three to five years how the world is, okay? And we're, we're learning that from, almost, well, from an unconscious standpoint, right? Those little kids are soaking up and um, experiencing life in all areas. And we have these billions and billions of tri trillions of cells in our body that's you know, giving us information and taking in information. So we're learning a ton at that time. And we learn during that time whether or not the environment that we're brought up in is safe or not. And those, and so we start creating those belief systems as early as that point in time. And those belief systems then get reinforced throughout our lives. And so many of us <laughs> are walking around with limiting beliefs and we don't even are aware of it. Um, you know, some of us are addicted to self-sabotage and mm -hmm. uh, most of us, you know, recognize that something isn't working. Otherwise, we'd have everything that we dreamt of. And so I really help utilize some um, outside the box tools to clear out those limiting beliefs and self-sabotage and then give people the tools to help continuing to generate more in their lives using utilizing the laws of the universe. Yeah. So those belief systems, if you will, um, they all can get boiled down to, I'm not blank enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not enough. So I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not competent enough. I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm not something enough. So what happens though, over time is what we have all these negative thoughts, right? These negative thoughts reinforce those beliefs or we have negative thoughts that are coming in and they're creating new belief systems over time. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have, and we know that we look at the, um, I'll give the example of the iceberg theory. So the iceberg theory states that 10% of, you know, the iceberg is what we can see above water. 90% of the iceberg is 
what is below the surface that we're not able to see. So if we compare that to our brain, 10% is conscious thought. So whatever thought you're thinking right this second is conscious thought. 90% of our thoughts are unconscious or subconscious. So that's like the NASDAQ ticker. Like it never shuts off. It just continuously goes, right? Mm -hmm. And these thoughts that, um, you know, 90% are um, made up of conscious or unconscious, uh, I'm sorry, subconscious or unconscious, those are 90% of that is negative thoughts. So that is like constantly going 24 seven. And yeah. that's contributing to all of those belief systems that we've had in place or we're continuing to reinforce them or we're creating new ones um, based on our experiences and that, that continuous script, if you will, that's going over and over in our head. Right. And so we, our job, I believe, is we get to shut those off. And how do we shut those off is I teach some tools um, to help us shut those off. And I'm happy to share some of those with your, with your listeners today. Sure, sure. So it's kind of like one thing that uh, I, I think of me and my sister is a classic example of this because we are like literally the exact opposites, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that old curse that uh, there's two great curses in the world. One is you will always get what you want. And the other is you will never get what you want in the world. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so my, my sister's convinced that she's the downside. She's convinced that she never gets what she wants in the world. And I tend to be on the other side. I always want to get, yeah, I always get what I want. So I have to be careful about what I manifest out there because yeah. like, like one time I really wanted to get a puppy badly, but we were saying, well, we have to wait for the cat to pass away because, you know, Aww. Well, he was a 20 year old cat. Yeah, so okay. I'm like really focusing. It's like, going, I want a puppy. I want a puppy. I want a puppy. And then my cat ran away. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh no, that's not what I meant to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I truly believe that we are very powerful and potent beings when we're in alignment. And mm -hmm. when we're not in alignment, so when we're manifesting and creating and generating, right? When we're, and things are falling into place really easily, that tells me that we're in alignment. But most people are addicted to the struggle and mm -hmm. it's difficult. And so they don't see the results because they're like, well, I'm still sitting here trying to put the square peg in this round hole and I'm you know, forcing it to happen and I'm making it happen. And then when I finally get it to happen, it's not the result that I'd like to happen. Um, and so we're not in alignment with energy. And so if we can clear out some of those blocks that are holding people back, it's amazing how quickly we can go back into that alignment where it does become easier to manifest and treat. Um, a lot of people will watch the movie, uh, The Secret, and they'll be like, well, it doesn't, it, it's not happening for me. I'm saying my three affirmations you know, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. And I'm like, ah, uh, there's so many problems with this, right? right. <laughs> First of all, affirmations are probably not going to get you what you'd like to have. Second of all, you're saying the word want, which is a lacking word, so, you know, so there's all these like different pieces and you're saying it three times versus where the unconscious, we have anywhere from 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day and only 2000 of those are conscious thoughts. So we're in this place where we're, we're not going to see the results that we would like to have because we're not, because all that subconscious um, mm -hmm. is working against us and it's working against us at a far greater capacity than what we are consciously, you know, connecting with it back at. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of like doing the work. So as a coach, yeah. I really focus on those practical tools. I like to tell people, I don't want to talk about your feelings. I want to tell you what to do. But yeah, I, know, <laughs> I know, right? But, 
I like Let's firmly putting <laughs> I intention into the work you're putting out there. Yeah. It's like, for example, applying for a job and saying, I really want this job. It's like, okay, number one, we're going, you still have to apply to HR to say yeah. that you, and, but while you're doing it, throw your intention into it. Do the very best job you can filling out that application with the, the mental thought that goes along with it. Then you do above and beyond. We're going to track down hiring managers. And you, at some level, you have to believe that hiring managers do in fact want to hear from you, which is totally true. But we get so held back on that because you read in the job ad, it says no phone calls, please. And then you're like, oh, the receptionist shut me down. So of course they don't want to talk to me. And like, that's not even the truth. Yes. Well, and I, you're absolutely right with that piece is like, I think sometimes we're trained to see it before mm -hmm. we believe it. Yeah. And that's not how universal law works. We have to believe it with all of our heart and all of our might before we see it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we start to, to say, okay, I just know. And a lot of times when we tap back into our own knowing right? Whether it's job searching or building a career or building a, a, your own business, when we tap into that knowing, and oftentimes I'll just have people just quiet, quiet themselves, close their eyes and just ask, what is it that I know that mm -hmm. if I pretended I, what is it that I know that if I didn't, if I, hold on, let me ask the question. If I, what is it that I know that I've been pretending not to know mm -hmm. that would make all the difference? And when we start to get clear of what that is, it's almost immediate when people have an awareness of like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what, and so we know it, we're, we're tapped into it, but we just kind of forget about it. And so um, having that clarity is, is key, but the, the true work is believing it before we're able to see the results. Yeah. And then there's also fear that goes along with that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And it's understanding that just because you're scared of something doesn't mean you have to let the fear consume you and paralyze you. I have to do this one for myself all the time. Oh, me too. Me too. And I, and, um, you know, I, you know, I talk a lot about getting outside your comfort zone and, you know, I don't expect people to go and jump out of a plane tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. but I, if we do some little things, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt says, um, her quote is the famous quote, do something that scares you every day. And it doesn't mean it has to be terrifying, but doing something that pushes that boundary, that stretches you just a little bit more today and just stretches it and continue and each day or each week, we get to stretch ourselves. And the more we stretch ourselves, we start to create in, um, a bigger comfort zone, if you will. And then we learn that piece and then we stretch again and then we learn that piece and then we stretch again and we learn that piece. And pretty soon, if we choose to jump out of a plane, we can. Um, and it's been fun. Like over the years, um, I've told my family that it's, I said this years and years ago, and then it's kind of become like this unspoken like truth in my family that if my, anyone who stays at our house, um, either they're vacationing and they're staying at our house or just, you know, stopping by or whatever, if they're staying at a house, my rule is, um, they have to do one thing outside their comfort zone. And I don't tell them what that is. They get to make that up, right? And, you know, so when my mom first started coming out, um, um, getting outside of her comfort zone was drinking a glass of wine. Okay. And then it, over the years, it's expanded and grown to where we went eating all these exotic foods. And then, mm -hmm. um, then we went and did um, whitewater rafting. And then we started doing um, 
um, zip lining. And then about three years ago, she jumped out of a, a, a plane with me. Nice. Um, but now what's been brilliant is that she continues to get out of that comfort zone because she has so much evidence that said that she was okay. Right. Right. And it's about expanding that evidence. Now, if you're not an adventurista, that's okay, but start small. Um, um, and whatever that is. And so I had my nieces and nephews stay out um, last year with me. And it was funny because they had taken six months to research and plan what they were going to do when they got out to Colorado. And I was like, how cool is that, that I'm, I'm, we're, we're, I'm seeding some possibilities for them to expand their horizons, to expand their experiences. And, you know, and that's what I think, you know, the greatest um, remedy to fear, I believe, is action. And so if we just take small, little, you know, intentional action steps, it starts to give us that permission. It's like, okay, because I, I, my big leaps that I took, you know, five, 10 years ago were t absolutely terrifying. And I've taken bigger leaps than that in the last two or three years. And it seems like, oh, I got this. Like, right, I, I got this. This totally doesn't bother me anymore. Right. And so we have that evidence and that brain now is engaged to find the evidence. There's a part in the brain called the reticulating activation system. And it's always finding evidence to support whatever we're, you know, we're giving information on. And so that then allows us to find more evidence that gives us permission um, and validation, if really, um, about taking those those next steps in our lives, whether that's a personal life or business life or whatever it might be. Right. Uh, I think one thing that is very interesting, you know, I heard about it a lot several years ago and then kind of didn't hear so much about it, but now it's kind of having a resurgent, is the whole imposter syndrome. And oh, yeah. For, yeah, for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, is like, for example, you just got promoted into a new role, but you're not exactly fully comfortable within it. So you feel like a fake. And there's this constant fear of like, oh my gosh, they're going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to be exposed as a fraud and, you know, all these, you know, really that's like the ultimate in a self-limiting belief, I think. Yeah. Well, and I, it's, we've expanded you know, and I, I work with a lot of multi-million dollar companies. And it's interesting that some of these women that are at these, these um, high powered um, positions, they, it's almost like the company grew too fast and they weren't able to like grow with it, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, it feels like an overnight sensation, but really it was a year or two years or three years or five years or whatever it might be. But they're like, oh, I, I'm here. And now, Oh my goodness, like I I don't have the self-belief in myself or the self-worth or the confidence in myself to really see myself at this different level. Mm -hmm. Um and so that imposter syndrome will show up and it's yes, I, I, like exactly what you said. I feel like a fraud, I feel like a fake. Um, they're gonna find out about me, like what's gonna happen. Well, then we start living in fear mm -hmm. and that and it and it can get detected right? And then we don't, we lose that confidence or we've never had that confidence in that position. So some of the work that I do is help people get themselves really confident in that new position uh, and whatever stories that were, they had holding them back. Um, and a lot of times it comes around, you know, their own upbringing, you know, maybe they're the highest earner in their family now. And that comes with pressure or whatever their money story was that they were growing up with or their money beliefs um, all have an impact on that new role and what they're in and the expectations and the responsibilities and, you know, all of the stories that have come with them 
um, new to this new light. And now they're at this higher position. It's like, oh gosh, <laughs> I got to address this. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. to feel comfortable and confident in this new role. And there's been so many different celebrities that we know of that have publicly come out and said that they feel like a, a, a fraud. Um, Denzel Washington, uh, um, Tina Fey, uh, Maya, uh, Maya Angelou. Um, I mean, some of these amazing people that we would have never imagined have publicly said, yeah, I just, I never wanted to be, you know, I never wanted to have anyone, you know, see me, my true colors really, because I wasn't this great, you know? So. Right. And that's the other thing to understand that, cause this is one of the traps of the imposter syndrome is you, you're convinced that nobody has ever, ever felt this way before. And if you yeah. admit it to anyone, it's even it's that much worse. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, you have to have that community where you can be very transparent and know that you're being supported and loved um, in a community um, that allows you to be like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And this is what, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Because otherwise it's a silent, um, it's a silent business killer. It really is because from a vibrational energetic, energetic, energetic perspective, you're putting out like almost two facets, right? You're putting out this, this facade of this, like, I got this put together. I feel confident and great. But then energetically inside, you're like, oh my gosh, like, right. Like you have all these limiting beliefs, like, and people feel that and sense that, um, when they come in, in when they, um, interact with you. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you talked a little bit, like yeah, you talked a little bit about money. So let's kind of dive into that. Cause I think that's one of the big self-limiting beliefs that we can just kill ourselves with. And I think it kind of taints their potential. So for example, uh, even in my own story, I, if you told me I was going to have a six figure business, I would be like, Oh no, that's impossible. I can't even imagine that. And yeah. you know, this year we're going to be closing in on a figure that two years ago was impossible. And it's like, looking at what, oh, our daily sales had to be this. And I'm like, I don't even understand how that's possible at all. And yeah. then now it's like, oh, that's just Tuesday. That's just a regular yeah. Tuesday. It's no big deal. Exactly. Yeah. So, and how much better can it get? I love yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like literally two years ago, I was so stressed out about cash flow and things like this. And I would sit there in my office multiple times a day thinking to myself, I am terrified. I am terrified we're not going to pay our bills this month. And I am terrified this is going to happen. And then this went on for like a month. And I'm like going, wait a minute. Of course it's going to happen. I'm doing all this projection that all these negative things are going to happen. And every time I say I'm terrified, not scared, terrified that it's going to happen, just makes it manifest all that much more. Yeah. The, 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 two, the two most powerful words is I am, mm -hmm. right? And then whatever you lead that with, right? I am and terrified, right? You think about the word terrified and from an energetic perspective, our emotions are on a scale from, you know, zero down below is very negative, um, you know, fear, doubt, worry, very low vibrational emotions. And then you go up that scale, right? Worries kind of somewhere in the, in the middle, you know, um, and as you climbing up, you have contentment and happiness, and then you keep going up further, and you have gratitude and joy and love, right? Gratitude and love are considered the two highest vibrational standpoints or emotional standpoints that we can be in, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so when you think about just vibrationally, you're saying, gosh, I am terrified. And you're this, down at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. And what's happening then from a vibrational standpoint is you're attracting and generating from that same vibrational standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point, something shifted for you, I'm guessing, yeah. um, because you had to create, you had to get out of that place um, to create more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and there's like this spiritual organization that I'm a part of, and it's like one of the promises you get from working the program is that fear of economic insecurity will leave us. Yes. And it was breaking it down. It's like, wait a minute. It's not economic insecurity is going to leave us. It's the fear of the economic insecurity is going to leave us. Yes. Then by accepting that sometimes economic insecurity is a fact, now I can deal with it as a fact and not as a thing that's keeping me trapped. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like you said, then I can start looking at my business of like, okay, let's start taking action and doing the things that's mm-hmm. going to be money generating activities that's going to contribute to the growth of my business instead of getting trapped in that fear and then doing nothing. Because a lot of times people will get trapped in that fear and just don't know what to do. And then they, so they stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you stop, you stop the energy, right? You stop that flow of, yeah, of creation. Yeah. 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 So very powerful. Yeah. Now it's, and now look at this. It's just Tuesday. You're like, yeah, it's just Tuesday because that's what we do on Tuesdays. And that's what we do on Thursdays. And that's what we do on Fridays. Like we, of course, this is the amount, the amount of money that's being generated in this business. Um, and you're now having all this evidence, the support. Exactly. That's like, I got this right. Yeah. So how do you work with people in com- overcoming like their money perceptions? So it, it, first of all, we look at what are the money stories and scripts that are playing out. That's that's different for everyone, but typically there's some um, over, you know, um, oh, I, I'm not on video. I'm, well, we're on video right now, but your audience is on video. I was going to show something. Um, I was going to sketch something. I love drawing pictures for um, folks to like to see it, but that fear of money. Um, I would consider that a global statement. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we'd start looking at what are some of the other fears that, that, um, that make up that, that time. And so I, I draw like a little forest out and I say, okay, here's my little forest of all these little trees. All these trees represent different thoughts, different beliefs, different, um, things that you were told, different traumas, um, around money. Cause money is one of those high intense, um, conversations for a lot of folks. Um, or if it's not, then it's the opposite, which is we don't talk about money. We don't, mm. we don't discuss mm-hmm. money. It's a secret. Um, you know, I remember growing up, I, I never knew how much my parents made. I never knew what saving was like, I, we just, you didn't talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can have, and then you, it's a continuum, right? Those are just the two extremes. And then you have, we have everything in between. So really it's, identifying what that story is and what that blueprint, if you will, that was made up for that individual. And then we can go back and then I I utilize um, uh, various energy tools and techniques and modalities to like just figure those out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't need to have the backstory. I don't need to have like why that was or just like, okay, here it is. What did that bring up for you? What was the message? And let's clear it out, right? Mm -hmm. And then now, we've cleared those things out. What are some tools that they can do to continue generating, um, you know, money in their lives. And so, um, 
one of those tools I can share with your listeners. Um, a lot of times we have this perception of things that are, um, I'll say the word perception is the key word here. Things are bad or good or wrong or right, you know, those, that perception of it. And so instead of, you know, if we, if we perceive something as negative, right, um, it's down below, it's vibrating in a higher, a lower vibration. The question that we can ask is how much better can it get? Because it can always get better, right? Right, right. And if something's vibrating in a higher capacity, right? Like money is flowing in because we always want to reinforce that. And if it's a high vibration, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that it's a Tuesday and we're making this much money. <laughs> how much better can it get? Because it can always get better even then, right? And so those are some of the fun tools that I'll teach people that when they receive money, for example, um, so once we've cleared out those blocks, then we can be in a, in a, an alignment with and receiving more. Um, another one is like, thank you. I'll take more of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we start, to, we start to tell the universe, if you will, um, that I'll take more of this and we can start creating and generating from that place, um, and, and shifting that belief from scarcity. And it really is a paradigm shift from scarcity to abundance that yeah. does not happen overnight for people because there's there's scripts and I, and I, and I came from that place of scarcity because I just didn't know any better. Um, and that, that scarcity place comes from a very, a, a sense of lack, but also there's a heavy energy around that. And you're always trying to effort to create more. Um, and it's never, it's never in a place of ease, I will say. Mm -hmm. And so that is a paradigm shift from that scarcity mindset into abundance. And then once we start to shift that paradigm, it's, it we can shift that um, evidence and then people start to see, find that evidence. And really, it really is just, this is a tweak or a shift mm -hmm. of creating that and creating more in our lives. And then once people start seeing that, like the evidence just comes pretty effortless. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about seeing the evidence of positive growth. Yeah. Yes. Like one of the things I read this past week was an article that only 85% uh, of women entrepreneurs never get their business to a six figure level. And I'm like, really? It's like, wow, that just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. And it's like, even when I first found out about the dames, which is very early in 2019, you know, and the uh, qualifiers for making it in there was having a six figure business. And I'm like, well, I don't have a six figure salary. And it's like, yeah. It took me six months to figure out that definition was revenue into the business. Yeah. And at that point I had like blown the lid off of that first tier of requirement anyways. Yeah. But that kind of thing. It's like, let's change how we're defining the terms. And then you can see the success inherent with what it is. And sometimes yeah. you need those benchmarks in the rest of the world to understand, no, you're crushing this. You know, and I would agree. I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I think I think our colleges have done a, a huge disservice because mm -hmm. we have believed that if you go into and I and I have a, a good friend at Metro State University that he is changing that for um, here locally because what they have found at universities is if you go into and getting your math or um your bachelor's or master's degree in business administration or business, that is where you get your, businesses, your business classes from, okay? Mm -hmm. 
but then you have to go figure out like what it is that you're going to sell, produce, whatever, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur or go into a business, right? right. Um, you know, corporate, a corporation. But most entrepreneurs, and I can't remember the percentage, um, he would know, mo I would say majority of entrepreneurs come from their, their skill-based um, industry. Mm -hmm. Then they said, you know what? I don't want to continue doing the skill in whatever industry that might be in. And then they want to go into entrepreneurship and own a business. And they have no flipping <laughs> business <laughs> right? And so whenever I tell people nowadays, this, my thing is when I tell graduating um, high schoolers that are graduating college or graduating high school and going into college, I say, please, 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 if you do nothing else, all your electives should be business, period. Whether you use it or not, it's an elective. No harm, no foul, but um, because you never know what that's going to do. And so this particular person here locally, he's incorporating entrepreneurship, business management, and every single um, skill. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're a musician, there's going to be business management integrated into every class. Yeah. If you're a cosmetologist, if you're a um, veterinarian, if you're a, a physician, like it doesn't matter what industry um, but it's so profound. So I think that's a big part of this is that we don't know until we get there. We're like, oh, I want to become a business owner. And then like, oh, well, we didn't really have a manual yeah. to get there. And so what's a business plan? What's a business plan? <laughs> and what is this whole thing called revenue and, you know, profit and, you know, and so, yeah, it's, I think that's a piece of it. And then our mindset around that, if we're not in a really great place, you know, we will be consumed with that fear, doubt, and feel fear, doubt, and worry, and insecurity because we don't know, right? We automatically go into the unknown, which is fear—it's fear-induced, anyways, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're we're trying to learn stuff, but then try to make. I mean, and we wonder why mm -hmm. businesses fail. You know, fifty percent of businesses fail in the first five years. I can tell you why. <laughs> right. I see right. it, and like the, having the systems in place, like systems is so key. Well, but if you haven't been taught that or learned that somewhere on your journey, most businesses will not create or build out those systems that is the foundation, I believe, in a business to scale it. Yeah. So I do feel like, yeah, you're right. I would say, you know, I, yeah, you said 85% does not make it past that six figure um, income. Right. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think that's what you said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So another thing that I think is real important and, and we're starting to get shorter on time. So, uh, but this is a fascinating conversation. I, I love know, talking about this stuff. <laughs> so I think one of the important things to note too, is you can build the work and the life that you want. And part of that is giving yourself permission to change your goals like you did. Yeah. Like I feel like mine was a pivot and, and it's been a, it's been an interesting, um, I truly, truly believe that I was meant to make the counseling center and we've impacted thousands and thousands of lives over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And I, like I said, I thought that was my end all be all. Um, but I realized now that that was my passion project. That was my stepping, it was a stepping stone, um, for what has positioned me into this new world that, um, that I can have a greater impact in the world. I truly feel called to have a greater, impact in the world um, and impacting more people's lives in a bigger way. And so I do feel like I've been very guided 
if you will, um, into this process. And um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a pivot for me. And, um, and but I, here's what I would say to owner, the business owners are listening to this. I would not have done it had the first business been not running on its own. Mm. And that's key mm -hmm. because I find so often, um, I was at just at an event a, a few weeks ago I'm not kidding you. This lady had more side hustles than I've ever seen. I, I think she had six. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you do six side hustles effectively? You don't. Um, because unless they're running themselves, it is what happens is, and I see this a lot with um, entrepreneurs, is they'll get into one business and it doesn't, it's not making past that six figures. So then it's like, well, it's not being effective. I'm, I'm only making 20,000 or 30,000. So I, okay, I better do something else to supplement. Mm -hmm. So then they become a doTERRA rep or, you know, some sort of a, a rep. And then they're like, well, that's not making money enough. So then they will, and I've had people two or three or four like side hustles and they're not all, none of them are being super effective or efficient. Right. Um, so create one, spend that time generating and creating that being successful. Then if you're going to offshoot or pivot, do so when that is becoming a passive income, right? Mm -hmm or shut it down all the way because what happens energetically is now you're invested here 50% of the time and here 50% of the time. And typically they're not the same audience. Yeah. Even if there's some overlap, you're still having to market new people, speak to new people, connect with new people, new referral sources, new partnerships. And it's, it's literally having two businesses in it. And I kind of like, you know, it's just too overwhelming. And so people are not able to do it effectively or efficiently and make it profitable. So mm -hmm. I know yep. I'm going to take off some people by saying that, but I'm like, ah, just focus on one, get it in good standing. And then, then, you know, launch another one. Yeah. I think that's, entrepreneur. I think that's really important. And, uh, a lot of the people I work with are in the entertainment industry and, okay. you know, my, my own background was, I it was in, uh, broadcasting for like eight years. So I started, I, I, I did the weird pivot because my goal is I always wanted to be a wacky morning DJ. Yes. I want a wacky morning DJ. Yeah, so I got a job. I got a job in a radio station, and actually in the business office where I worked for three years. But then I uh, was able to do that crazy pivot when the a job for a morning show producer came on, and I made that change. But you know yeah. what? I did it for almost a year, and then when I got out of that, I did like a big life change. It was a whole deal. I talk about it in my speaking. Uh, but then I, it's like, I needed to break it down and I'm like, well, I don't want to be a, a morning show producer again. That's just waking up way too early and really exactly. broke it down into, these are the things that I loved about my career so far. And that's where I'm like, you know what? I really love being in HR. I love doing the accounting. I love being in the broadcast environment. And I took the time to find a job in broadcasting at the PBS station here in town, TV. And I was in the business office again, where I stayed for another five years, which gave the springboard into writing my book and teaching classes on job searching. Yeah. So it, if you look at each piece, it's kind of weird. If you look at the total, the story makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think giving yourself the permission to live an amazing life with an amazing life story, it's a matter of giving permission. Yes. Yes, absolutely. When I, um, yeah, and, and yes, Giving yourself permission is powerful. A lot of times I have, I'll give clients um, just, I'm like, you have my permission to go rock the world. And they're like, oh, okay. Like sometimes the power of just giving someone the permission is, is 
is all that they need, right? Mm -hmm. Like be unapologetic, go do what you love to do and create money doing it. Create a lifestyle for yourself. It's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I'm, now I'm doing stand up comedy because my coach, my speaking coach, he found out that at my second childhood dream was to do stand up comedy. And he's all like, Oh, you should do that. And I'm all like, no. And then it built okay. on me for three months. And I'm like, I could do that. Yes. I'm so excited about that because I was just talking to the same person and um, I was telling him too. And so I'm going to, I'm going to come and do a stand up comedy skit too. So maybe we can do it together. Awesome. <laughs> I'm down for I mean, that. I'm, you know, it's one of those, though, it was something that's come up for me too. Is like in the last like year, it's like, huh, maybe I can do this. And so I've been, I've been stockpiling all my funnies in a notebook. So I'm super excited to, to see what that takes me, you know, like I'm, it's not, a, it's, it's not a side thing. I don't want to, you know, like, it's just something that I want to, you know, some people go bowling and mm -hmm. some people go watch a movie. I want to go do stand-up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be happy to share any of the tips I know about the Denver comedy oh my scene. God. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about the tattoo of the day. And you do, in fact, Terry, have a tattoo. What have you got? Where is it? What does it mean? You know, it's so fun. What Did you just say what its name is? No, I said, what does it mean? Oh, uh, what does it mean? <laughs> It oh might God. have a name. I think, oh my gosh, do people name their tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is that I was 18 and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my rebellious, like get a tattoo. And um, I went to this tattoo parlor shop. So funny. I was in Manhattan, Kansas. And there's, you know, of course, I'm looking for a butterfly. And for some reason, for somewhere at that time, like butterflies meant transformation for me. And it meant, you know, just, for me, over the years, I've given it probably more meaning than what I had when I was 18. Um, but as everyone knows that caterpillars go through this amazing, you know, they go through their journey, you know, they get, I guess they get blessed with like having two lives, right? Mm -hmm. And then they go through this powerful transformation and then they just become this amazing, beautiful. And sometimes that caterpillars, let's be honest, like are not pretty when they start and then they turn into and transform into this beautiful butterfly, right? And so um, that really resonated with me. And so I had this little tiny, and it's like so tiny, and it's like this big. I mean, literally, it's um, maybe maybe a quarter of an inch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it literally took the guy like 15 minutes to do, and I was like the most 50, like the most painful 15 minutes I've ever sat through. <laughs> Over childbirth, I believe. Um, and so, <laughs> but it was really funny. I was picking out the. I couldn't find the one I wasn't resonating with any of the ones that were like on their butterfly pages, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I went over there and there was like this big, like back tattoo that literally, I don't know, it was probably three feet by, you know, a foot and a half wide tattoo, like, I, I guess canvas, what you call it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, there was a little tiny butterfly on the thing. I was like, I'll take that one. And he's like, you mean this whole, I'm like, no, 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 no. The little tiny <laughs> butterfly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really funny, but no, um, yeah, that's I, my one and I feel complete having one and done. So I regret having it in the, I have it on my ankle. Mm -hmm. That was, a, it seemed like a very smart thing at 18. I wish I would have put it in somewhere else, uh, another, mm -hmm. another location. Yeah. Like on your face? No. Like on my face. <laughs> <laughs> on my forehead. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, somewhere like, I don't know, like, um, you know, I always joke that at the, um, at my, at, we cover up tattoos. Um, at our office because we never knew who's walking in the door and we want to be really sensitive to that. And so, um, 
we are trained to be non-judgmental of others, but that doesn't mean that other people are judgmental or non-judgmental of us. Right. And right. so we have a firm, you know, um, you know, just, we want to keep it professional. And so we cover it up. And so I always joke that my boss is really mean and makes me cover it up. And so <laughs> my boss is me, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I would have placed it in a, a, I don't know, a less conspicuous place. So great. So Terry, uh, why don't you tell us how people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. The best and fastest way is um, checking out our website at talkingwithterry.com. And that's spelled um, T-E-R-I for those listening. Yes, talkingwithterry.com. Um, there they're going to find how to follow us on social media. I, um, I'm on Facebook Live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, we have an upcoming event um, that's Unlock Live. Uh, we've sold out our last event and now we're looking to sell out this event. Um, it's February 8th, um, 2020. It's an all day um, live event. So all that information will be on the um, website at talkingwithterry.com. And yes, I, I am happy to connect with people. Um, I always offer a free 30 minute conversation for women entrepreneurs that are really what I call my, my creative visionaries that are ready and willing and in truly invested in leveling their business up um, to take their six-figure business to that seven-figure business um, and doing it with a lot of ease, joy, and grace. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Terry. Um, my producer always reminds me, um, if you like what you're hearing today, give us a like, give us a follow. If um, we really liked it, give us a comment. If you don't, keep it to yourself. Don't be me. <laughs> exactly. And, I know, right? And then, and, yeah, don't put out negative energy, basically. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Terry. And you have a good rest of the day. Thank you. You too.